It was a loss that rocked our industry. To so many of you, August Ames was a beautiful and popular porn star. To many others, she was a wife, a daughter, a sister, and a friend. And for those close to her, her death is something that they will never get over. And this is why I wanted initially to interview August for my podcast, and why I took it down for some time after she passed, and why I'm putting it back up now. Because August, or for those who knew her intimately, Mercedes, was a real person, with real feelings and real problems. She was so much more than just a porn star. Before I say anything further, I want to disclose to you all that I did not know August all that well. Yes, we worked together many times. Yes, she was one of my favorite girls. And yes, she trusted me enough to open up about her battles with depression on my show. But we didn't hang out outside of work. We didn't really ever speak to each other except to trade funny quips on Twitter or to text about work stuff. So many media outlets reached out to me after August's death, wanting an interview, and I refused them all. I never felt comfortable putting myself in some kind of position of authority on August's life. I wasn't comfortable speaking to the press about what kind of person August was, what her hopes, her dreams, and ultimately her demons really were. And now, all I can tell you about is my brief experiences with her on set and in this interview that I have finally re-released. I do want to comment on why I initially took this podcast down and why I've decided to put it back up. When I learned of August's suicide, I was shocked and incredibly confused. Yes, I knew she struggled with depression. Yes, I knew she had trauma in her past life. But I wasn't party to the Twitter feud on the days that led up to her death. So the news was a complete and total surprise. August was always smiling, always joking. She was such a light to be around, such a joy to work with. I had no idea her pain was so deep that it would take her this far. I don't think any of us did. August's interview was only my ninth episode of the podcast ever. I was still filling out what my show was going to be, but I knew one thing. I wanted it to be real. I wanted to humanize people in the adult industry. I wanted to give them a voice and show the world what talented, smart, funny, quirky, and wonderful people that I worked with. August had always been very open about her mental health issues, and I asked her if she might be comfortable discussing them on the show, with full knowledge that she could say as much or as little as she liked, and I could always edit out parts afterwards if she felt that in the moment she revealed too much. I have to admit, I did not expect her to open up the way she did, to name family members who hurt her, to so openly express her past trauma and how severe her depression could get. In fact, I remember during the interview, I thought to myself, thank God this isn't live, because she will for sure want to remove parts of this before I publish it. But she didn't. I asked her directly after the show, and two more times before I published it, if she wanted to make any edits or revisions. She refused and said she felt unburdened by her confession and that she wanted the interview to go out exactly as it had been recorded. And so it did. The positive feedback and support following the airing of the episode was overwhelming. As I had suspected, it connected with a lot of her fans, and they loved her even more for revealing who she truly was. Many people said they could relate to her issues with depression, and I can safely say that August was really happy that she did the show. She told me so herself. So in the days following her death, the episode went, well, viral, I suppose. Media outlets all over the world were running the story and pulling quotes from my interviewed for their salacious headlines. I was devastated by the news and incredibly confused as to what the right thing to do was. 
My biggest concern was how her family was managing, and not having any real idea of the dynamics within her family, I thought it safer to remove the episode. The last thing I wanted was to add any more pain to what they were already experiencing. Many people were upset I removed the episode. They said I took away her voice, her humanity. One person in particular said that now all that was left of August was the sad story of her suicide, quotes pulled from her interview, now living as clickbait in dramatic online articles. And he was right. But I just didn't know what to do. In all the confusion, this felt like the safest option. Once John Ronson's podcast series, The Last Days of August, came out, and if you haven't listened to it, I highly recommend that you do, I knew it was time to re-release my episode. I gave him permission to use the audio from my interview, and so August's story of her childhood trauma and her struggles were already out there, but in pieces scattered about in his show. I thought that perhaps now, with the media having other tragedies to report on, with the story having moved on, that I could quietly repost this for those who want to hear from August again. Because this interview is so much more than just a story about the sad times in her life. It also has so much of the August that we all knew and loved. The silly, sweet girl who wore her heart on her sleeve, loved the outdoors, and always snorted when she laughed. And that's how I'll always remember August. I want to warn you guys, this podcast discusses sexual abuse and trauma, so if this is a trigger for you, please listen at your discretion. If you are having suicidal thoughts, please, please get professional help or contact the Suicide Prevention Hotline 24-7 at 1-800-273-8255. Or you can find them online at suicidepreventionlifeline.org. If you are an adult performer or producer struggling with mental health, you are not alone. Pineapple Support offers free, anonymous, 24-7 emotional support, as well as therapy, counseling, and coaching for all adult industry performers and producers. Visit pineapplesupport.org and click Get Support or Get Therapy. You are loved. We are listening. You are not alone. August Ames. Hello. It's so great to have you here on Holly Randall Unfiltered. I really appreciate you coming out all the way. I know it was kind of a drive for you. It was no biggie. I got a drive from my guy. But I've been wanting to do this show because I've been listening to all your podcasts and I love them. Really? I listen to them in the morning when I'm stretching and having my coffee. <gasps> and it's just it's perfect. Oh yeah. I, love that. I listened to Charles yesterday. With like the fucking bamboo or story or whatever, yeah. like all that shit. The baboon. It, yeah, it was yeah. crazy. Yeah, I know. But it was yeah. nuts. <laughs> I had um I had actually some guy like tweet me afterwards and he was like, Thanks for giving South Africa a bad rap. <laughs> and I was like, dude, okay, first of all, like You said it was a beautiful country. Right? Yeah, and yeah. I am I, I am South African. Yeah. My dad's from South Africa. Yeah. Like and anyone who's gonna try to say that South Africa is not a dangerous country yeah. is full of shit. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's not beautiful, it doesn't mean you're right? Go there. Just be careful. Yeah, exactly. Baboons. Yeah, ex- right? And Australia's like, a dangerous don't country. Don't be walking around with food. Like. Yeah, right? Just don't eat when you're there. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, honestly, this is the first interview that I've done since I've kind of been getting like feedback on the podcast because oh, okay. I, I 
recorded a bunch of them kind of in a small uh, time span and then I just started releasing them. So yeah. now I'm like seeing the feedback and I'm seeing like the numbers are like yeah. really increasing. And so it's, um, yeah, it's really, um, it's really great. I'm, I'm so excited. I tell all my friends about your podcast. I'm like, Yay. oh, I'm doing this. You should need to check her out, you know, on iTunes and all that stuff. Thank but you. yeah, I'm so excited. Yeah, I didn't, I honestly didn't know what to expect because, um, you know, I mean, I like talking, but, <laughs> you know, I mean, I just didn't know yeah. like how it would go, but I think I've been really lucky. I've had really great guests yeah. so far, you know, and everyone's been really funny and, mm-hmm. and a good conversation. No pressure. <laughs> But I feel like I'm pretty, I'm pretty well suited for this because I've worked with almost everybody in the industry and I know who's interesting and who's funny and who's going to be a good interview because just because you're hot doesn't mean that you're going to be a good interview. Right. You need like a personality. (laughs) A little bit of one. Yeah. Yeah. You have a little bit of a personality. It's only, yeah, it's like there. Yeah. It's like really shallow. It's like so shallow. We're going to try to scrape it up. (laughs) Okay. As much as we can. (laughs) Um, so, so yeah, it's been, uh, it's been great feedback and I'm so excited that you listened to it. Yeah. I love it. Like I loved your parents, uh, because they're great. Your mom's fucking hilarious. You know, this is the 70s. That's her excuse for everything. (laughs) I love it. And I, I listened to Lisa Ann's last night. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, your girl Bailey. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I love all of them. Yay. Thank yeah. you. So, yeah. And it's funny. I've been listening to a lot of other podcasts to try to kind of get an idea of what's out there mm-hmm. and, and just educate myself more. And there's a lot of really shitty podcasts that's, out there. That's what I was saying. Yours is actually really interesting. And I've been, I've done a few podcasts, you know, in the past and, it, you know, they just like, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's just wasn't like what, yeah, I didn't want to spend an hour listening to that. Right. I want to listen to like the full time of yeah. your podcast. Hey, hey guys, I didn't pay her to say that. I swear. <laughs> she did. <laughs> She's just going to let me motorboat her later. <laughs> So speaking of your boobs, okay. because we have to talk about your boobs because they're so fucking amazing. Thank you. When did like you sprout those things? Like, did you, cause I remember, okay, so I was super flat. Um, at, well, not that I have huge tits now, but <laughs> growing up, I was, I was really flat and, um, kids used to make fun of me all the time in school. Mm. So I actually also skipped a grade. So I was also a year younger than everybody. Okay. But I remember like, I didn't start getting boobs until I think I was like 14 or something like that. And, and even then they were very modest. So I, I remember guys used to call me, um, like a carpenter's dream, flat oh. as a board. I can't tell your my your front from your back. That's awful. I mean, I used to get teased a lot in school for not having boobs. So you might have had the opposite experience. Okay. So I was a very late bloomer. Mm-hmm. I hit puberty at like 16. I didn't get my period till I was like 16. Wow. And I didn't get my boobs until I was like 17. So it was, you know, grade 11 and then the summer. And then I came back for grade 12 and I had these huge tits. Wow. And at the same time, my mom, she has, you know, four kids. Uh-huh. She got a boob job over the summer. So there was a lame rumor going around school that we got mother and daughter boob jobs, right? Oh and I'm like, you guys are stupid. <laughs> you know, I was just a late bloomer. And, and so yeah, then guys started paying more attention to me. Uh, to like prove that they're real and like flash everyone at school. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I was just like, guys, no, that they're really you no. Know, like I was like, I'm fucking 17. Who's gonna give me a boob job? You know, I'm yeah. not even done growing yet. Uh, yeah. But then I got like, you know, like slut shamed a lot. I had like that, you know, slut reputation because I was flirty with everyone, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know, I, I'm friendly. So you are. You're very yeah. friendly. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't lose my virginity until I was 17. But after I lost it, you know, then I kind of went a little silly. crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love your snort, by the way. I think it's so great. Okay. And I think th- I love that, like, you rock it. <laughs> and that's what I think also two people really love about you. Like, you're obviously this really beautiful girl with this incredible body, but you've got this really kind of dorky, I'm, silly personality. Yeah. And that makes you feel approachable and real. Yeah. I'm, I'm really goofy. I just, I, I love to joke around about everything, you know, in my life. And, why not joke about, you know, everything that's going on? Yeah, because like, people who take their lives way too seriously. It's, yeah, it's yeah. a waste of time. Got to be yeah. happy. and yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, and it, we see a lot of that on your Twitter profile, which, by the way, for those listening, what, where can oh. we find you on Twitter? Oh, well, you can find me on Twitter <laughs> at August Ames XXX. That's A-M-E-S XXX. How many, like, <laughs> fake profiles are there out there of you? Man, there are a lot, but I'm so happy that my Twitter is verified now because mm-hmm. then that at least shows that I'm actually me. Yeah. But uh, there are so many fake uh, profiles on me, and they call themselves June or September, and I'm like, bitch, like it's August. It's bitch. August. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just funny, you know. And but on Instagram, there's a ton of fake profiles on Instagram, and I'm not uh, verified on there, so I just. I am. I know you are. Mm-hmm. I saw that this morning. A friend <laughs> but, did it for me. But no, I so I have my Instagram linked to my Twitter, so if anyone with a brain, yeah. you know. They which can, is no one on the which, internet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's my Instagram's linked to my Twitter, so they can see that that's my Instagram. So Yeah, yeah. people would actually do some research, which it, no one on the right? internet ever does. <laughs> okay, so what um what is the most annoying question you get asked on Twitter? Oh, um, uh, when are you going to do anal? When's your next game bang? I'd love to see, you know, a blow bang with like 10 big, huge dicks, you know, all over your face and come and blah, blah, blah. So, so when is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So I've tried anal in my real life. Mm-hmm. I had an awful anal experience when I was a teenager. So, okay. So I was having... Uh, I was having uh, consensual sex with mm-hmm. this guy. We were both drinking, and he actually she put it in my butt. Mm-hmm. He like butt raped me, and on I, purpose or did just on, slip in? no, like on purpose. Okay, and I I was saying you know stop you know mm-hmm. stop, and he wouldn't stop until he was done. And then he drove me home, and I just like cried in my fucking room, and I was like, did that really happen? I I don't. Oh my god, that's awful. Because it first started off as sex, right? Yeah. You know, vaginal sex, and then he put it in my butt, and I was like, no, stop. And he's like, no, just, you know, it'll feel better. And I was like, no, you know, and, and so I've just had an awful experience in my personal life. Yeah. And, and then I've tried to do it again, you know, a few other times, and it just, it wasn't for me. Yeah. So. Does it bring back memories of that, or it, it's just like painful? It brings back memories of that, yeah. And, and it's, you know, like, I, I enjoy it all for like three minutes until I come. Right. But then my ass closes like a fucking trap door, and it, <laughs> everything needs to come out, you know? Yeah. So I can't 
picture myself doing a scene for, you know, yeah. 40, like 50 minutes or whatever. And, yeah. and I get really anxious on set. So I'd be shitting everywhere, even <laughs> if I am like, do, cleaning myself out. So I just, I, I want to have like, I always just want to do stuff that like I'm really into on yeah. set for scenes. Cause it shows, you know, if, yes. if you're in pain or if you're not having a good time. Yes. And I just didn't want to sell out my butthole, you know? <laughs> and so I had teased about it in the past, like, ooh, yeah, I might be doing my first anal. But when I would go to practice in, like, my uh-huh. personal life, I was just, like, I'd cry. And I'm like, no, I can't do this. And, yeah. and then my husband was like, well, then don't do it. You know, if you don't want to do it, don't do yeah. it. So, yeah. I wish more girls would follow suit in that because, you know, I think a lot of girls end up getting pressured into doing stuff that they don't want to do. And then they, and then the scene doesn't come off well. Yeah. And then they regret it later. And it's just like, you don't want to walk away Mm -hmm. from set feeling like gross about what you did. Yeah. Cause when I first got in the industry, it was put into my head where like, okay, once a year you have to step your game up, you Mm -hmm. know, like do this or, you know, do like a gangbang, you know, have to keep it fresh and stuff. But, uh, I don't. I don't think that's the case. I've been in it for four years now. Well, you don't need to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I mean, to be but, fair, but, yeah. Like, I don't think anyone should have to do anything that they don't want to do. But unfortunately, Some, yeah, yeah. The industry is fickle yeah, and it's yeah. competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. it, it some girls. I can see why they feel pressured to do that, but you're like super hot and you have this insane (laughs) fucking body. So I just feel like, I mean, your tits save you from having to give up your butthole. Right? That's what I think. It's like, thank God for my tits. Thank God for my boobs. You're saving my butt. (laughs) For fucking real. Um. So, like, I mean, do you love your tits as much as, like, everybody else does? Because, like, I just feel like if I had boobs like you, I would just never wear clothes. I I mean, I don't wear clothes at home. I always, I'm in an apartment, and we just got new neighbors, and Mm -hmm. they have this, I I don't know how old he is, I'm guessing, like, 15 or 16, and so our balconies are, like, right across from each other. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't notice that he would always be out on his balcony, like, playing, I'm doing air quotes, playing his games on his phone. Playing his games? <laughs> yeah, and I would be in my kitchen naked, like scrubbing the kitchen counters, oh and then God, I'd look up. Oh my God, this is such a porn And scene. he'd be there, and I'd be like, oh shit, I have to go, you know, before they call the cops on me, you know? Right. Yeah. But uh, I, when I got into porn, I just thought that boobs were boobs, and that yeah. everyone, you know, had like the same kind of boobs, until like people were like, you have nice tits. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, so I guess I'll roll with that. Uh, but now I really appreciate my boobs. Yeah, I really do. Yeah. yeah, I love them. They're they're pretty nice. I have to say, <laughs> I blame it on the late bloomer. That's why they're perky still. It's kind of nice too that like you didn't really have to go through like early high school like with huge boobs and all of that because yeah. you would have gotten even more attention for them. Yeah. being younger. Yeah, you know? no, it was just my senior year where I had the tits and people yeah. were like, "What?" <laughs> I remember I went to school, so I went to a private school um, for a while called Winward and there was a lot of celebrities kids who went there and Harold Ramis's daughter um, Violet went there and she had really big boobs like uh-huh. from the start and I remember like all the guys used to like make comments oh. and used to like hit on her and me Sorry. with my flat chest and be like I Violet <laughs> Ramis's boobs I have a funny story when I started high school I um, I, I started stuffing but I didn't because I had no tits right and right. I didn't know how to stuff so I bought like I I 
I purchased like a few bras and I would put like three bras on at a time. And then like, I put like tissues and like socks in them <laughs> until one morning, like I went downstairs and my mom just looks at me and she's like, come on, like take that off. <laughs> she could obviously tell, yeah. but I'm happy that she told me to take it off because it was so obvious that yeah. I was stuffing. Yeah. So she saved, she kind of saved me from humiliation there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And now you don't need to do that. Now I don't need to do that. So yeah. yeah you were blessed. <laughs> but yeah. So thank God. <laughs> so how did you, uh, how'd you get into the industry in the first place? Okay, so I so I'm from Canada. I was mm-hmm. living in Ormocto, New Brunswick at the time. Mm-hmm. I had three jobs. I worked at Subway, so I get a lot of footlong jokes, you oh, know. Boy, of course. <laughs> I worked at Subway, uh, a tanning salon, and I also would bartend at night. Mm-hmm. And I just I just wasn't happy living in this shitty little town, you know, with I just wasn't happy. You know, I've always wanted to move to California and my mom would always say, you know, uh, think more reasonable, you know, realistically. And, yeah. and in my head, I was like, that is realistic. I can go to California. Yeah. So I was 19 and I had a day off from work and I was watching my Dr. Phil. <laughs> and, and then I was like, okay, I'm feeling a little frisky. So I went onto like a porn site and I went to the bottom and, it, you know, the become a model mm-hmm. thing popped up and I clicked on it. And then I sent uh, this email to this guy from Hustler or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, I would like to get into the porn industry. Mm-hmm. And he got back to me within 15 minutes. Of course he did. <laughs> and, and he, I, I believe me, I had a friend who did the casting at Hustler and 95% of those girls that send their pictures in, it's just like, no. It was, it was hilarious. So I was like, wait, is this really happening? And I was like, okay, what do I need to do? And he's like, okay, you need to get an agent and then come out and shoot some scenes. So then he sent me a list of all the agents mm-hmm. that, you know, and then I called every single one of them that mm-hmm. day. And I just wanted to get a feel for who mm-hmm. I felt you know, best with. And that's how I got my agent, Chris from Fox modeling. Mm-hmm. So I've been with him since day one. You have. And, um, so then t- within two weeks I flew out to California and, uh, my first scene was like a foot fetish, like stocking scene. There was mm-hmm. like no sex. It was just like me rubbing my pantyhose together and mm-hmm. stuff made like 400 bucks. And, and then I texted my mom that night. I was like, yo, I just made 400 bucks showing my feet. <laughs> my mom was like, right on, you know? So of course I told my mom and my family what mm-hmm. I was going to do before I, I went. Cause. And how'd they take it? My mom, she was really, she was really supportive. That's um, amazing. My mom, she's, she's really sexual and mm-hmm. she's really open and mm-hmm. she's like my best friend. So I had to tell her because what other reason would I be going to California for? Yeah. You know, I couldn't, yeah. you know. <laughs> You're going to go work at Subway. In yeah, California. right. Yeah, but they're just like changing the locations. Yeah. <laughs> Head manager at Subway. Yeah. It's a big opportunity <laughs> for me. Right? So, but I was also very naive in the sense that I didn't, it didn't click on to me that I was agreeing to do porn. I just, mm-hmm. in my head, I fooled myself saying that it was just going to be new modeling mm-hmm. until I did like my first like few sex scenes, like my first like 10 sex scenes. And then it hit me. I was like, shit, I just did a sex scene. Now it's on the internet. And now everyone's going to know. <laughs> and so I was like, well, I did one. Might as well keep doing them. If you, you know? do one, you may as well do a thousand. Exactly. And yeah. then, and then within a week, everyone from my hometown knew. And, of 
But it, it's funny how they call you a slut when you're there, but then once you start getting a little, you know, recognition in the industry, mm-hmm. they want to be your best friend. Oh yeah. So I went. They want to ride the fame train. Yeah, they're like, oh my god, we went to high school together, <sighs> and she was my best friend. I was like, bitch. You are so mean to me. I hate yeah. you. <laughs> Shut up, Jenna, you know? <laughs> but yeah, so I, yeah, but my friends, they supported me. The, the hardest reactions I got were from my older brothers. Mm-hmm. They were like, what the fuck? You well, because now if they're going to watch porn, you're going to pop up. It's going to be super awkward but for I, them. But I had to tell them because I knew my, they watched porn, so it, yeah. I couldn't be a surprise for them. <laughs> surprise, yeah. it's your sister. And like halfway through the video, they're like, oh no, and they accidentally bust an eyes to me. You oh. know, how awful that would make me feel. Yeah. But now they're totally cool with it. Like one of my brothers, uh, James, he like totally rides out the August wave. He's like, oh yeah, my sister's August Ames, you know, and he thinks it's so cool. So I love it that, you know, he like pumps me up to his friends and stuff. That's really cool. (laughs) Um, so you're from Canada. Yes. Why are Canadians so nice? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we're just we're just so chill and I don't know I mean maybe it's the free health care or something that's what it is we're just, we're just so like <laughs> the fact that yeah. Donald Trump's not your president right? we we have a hot fucking prime minister I mean Justin, totally Justin Trudeau he's so sexy um but you know that's not yes you know, uh I don't know I mean like we like to smoke weed uh it's, it was just always easy going I don't I don't know why we just you're just cool people. Yeah, it's cool people. We just like to have a good time, say we're sorry about everything and that. And <laughs> I don't hear like the accent too much from you. Like you don't when you say because normally you pick it up when someone says out. Yeah, yeah. That's when you hear it. Yes. I, or a. I think when when I get excited, I'm like, oh my god, eh? You know, I say that, but uh, I think I totally picked up on like the Valley Girl voice once I lived here uh, for a while. That's so hard to get rid of. So (laughs) when I call home, I can hear it on like all my family. I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh my goodness, that's how I used to talk. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I lost it, (laughs) unfortunately. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Man, that Valley Girl talk. I, when I, actually sat down and listened to all the podcasts I had recorded. I can't believe how much I say like. Right? It's going to blow my brains out. And I probably have already said it a hundred times so far on this podcast. When I'm texting, I see that I put in like, like, like a bunch of times. And I have to erase and go back. I'm like, no, stop it. Yeah. So bad. It's awful. It's terrible. We're horrible people. Yeah. So, so yeah. So I, it was really easy for me to get in and I didn't, I didn't think that I would, I would stay with it. You know, Mm -hmm. I just thought that I would make a few bucks and then go back home to Canada. What was your first sex scene? Was it with a guy or a girl? It was with a guy. It was with Cody Sky for Wicked. Okay. For the movie Selfies. And it was basically me taking selfies, you know, and Mm -hmm. then my boyfriend comes over and then we had sex. And I, (laughs) I was like, okay, this is the first time I've ever hooked up with someone in broad daylight, completely sober around people, you know, because usually I would have one night stands, you know, yeah. back home. So it was weird to me that it was like broad daylight and mm-hmm. I had just met this guy and mm-hmm. I was really nervous. He was cute. And, and it, it was funny. I kind of, I had a black eye because the weekend before I came out to California, I went out partying with my friends mm-hmm. and I got into a fight at this bar 
<laughs> this girl. I didn't know you were a scrapper. I'm not a scrapper. So I'm at this bar enjoying my time Friday night. This girl comes up behind me, thinks that I'm someone else who like fucked her baby daddy or something like that. <laughs> something really ghetto like that. Yeah. And she, I, I, I hear someone call me a slut and I turn around and as I'm turning around, she hits, like, she uh, breaks a beer bottle over my face. Jesus! Like, like fucking a glass bottle over my face. And then I, I like... I thought people just did that in the movies. No, it shit happened, for real. And I, like, I went down, and then I got back up, and I looked at my friends, like, did that shit really happen? And then my, my guy friend, Faisal, he went in, and he just, he started hitting her. He's like, what the fuck, bitch? And so then, like, a whole brawl went out, and, and then I got up, and I was like, no one's gonna hit me in the face with a fucking bottle so then I jumped on her and then we're just like pulling hair and then the fucking you know EMTs arrived and, uh, and then some pours oil on you guys <laughs> and then it turns into sex that, right? So I had to go then to, you punished fucked her. I wish dude I had to go to the hospital broken blood vessel in my eye I had a black eye oh my God. broken nose and this was like two days before I was supposed to go out to California so I was like fuck me what am I going to do? And yeah. then my agent, I texted him and he's like, don't worry, there's makeup artists. I'm like, okay. So I show up on my first scene with like a little broken eye blood vessel and a, like a fucking black eye. And uh, we had to shoot like all the photos from one angle of my uh-huh. face because my other side was completely fucked up. So yeah, my first like couple of weeks in porn, it was a bad impression to directors and photographers because yeah. they're like, what's up with this janky girl coming in with a busted up face? But yeah. Was, I would have been pissed because like makeup's not going to cover like swelling. No. And, and my nose was fucked up yeah. and I was pissed. And I, I, yeah. So it was a big old ordeal. 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 It was a big ordeal. And I, but yeah. So yeah, I got totally smacked in the face with a bottle. So. That's so, that's so crazy. Like coincidence. Cause yeah, to me, if you'd come to my set, that would have been a huge red flag. It would have yeah. been like this girl. Like this girl is like no, fucked but, up, does drugs or some yeah, shit. But, but you're none of those things and you're super professional. <laughs> yeah. So I was just having a good time. Wanting to celebrate before I went to California and, Got hit with a bottle. <laughs> Maybe not everybody in Canada is so nice after all. Yeah, I know. So <laughs> don't look like someone else in Canada. <laughs> so what was your first girl-girl scene? And were you into girls before you did a girl-girl scene? Yeah, I'm, I've always been bisexual. Okay. Um, I remember my first my my first girlfriend, Jean Vievre. She was Ooh, a year older than me. Wow, she even has woman. a French name. She is French, and I, uh, <laughs> her parents would <laughs> let us have sleepovers, and it was like the best. Okay, but how much older was she than you? She was just a year older than oh. than I. But it was still in high school, you know, a year yeah, older. I guess like, so. Oh my goodness, jumpy up. <laughs> but uh, my first girl girl scene. Fuck, I actually don't remember my first girl girl scene. Uh, okay, how about this? What was your favorite? What's been your favorite so far? My, you probably have several, but I do. But my my favorite one, my favorite girl to work with, Isabella Danger, just because she is she doesn't fake anything. It's all mm-hmm. passion yeah. with her. She likes looking you directly in the eyes, like as you're making out, yeah. and uh, we just have great sexual chemistry together. I yeah. just it's all real with her. I hate I hate doing scenes with girls. Well, I know who aren't really into girls. Yeah, because gay for pay. Gay for pay, because it makes you feel like 
you're forcing them to do something mm-hmm. like lick my vagina, you know? Yeah. And I just, I'm, I'm so into chicks. So I just, yeah. I want to have like an, an amazing experience with them. Uh, and it's harder to fake like um, passion in a girl girl scene than it is in a guy girl yeah. scene because the guy can just like if the girl's not into it you can just kind of hold her down and like fuck her yeah and, but yeah. like two girls it's, it's like because they're kind of both like submissive sometimes yeah. and they're just like shy or a little bit but now I'm you know if if I sense that she's a little more submissive then I'll just be more dom you know mm-hmm. and I'll turn into the guy yeah <laughs> you know? but I love doing girl girl scenes. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I haven't shot a Bella. Actually, the first time I shot a Bella was literally like when she first got in the business. And yeah. I haven't shot her since then for some weird reason. I don't know why, but I'm shooting her actually on Wednesday finally. Oh, really? For like the first time in forever. For a so. boy girl or girl? Girl girl. Oh, okay. Just going to be yeah. fucking great either way. Though. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be great. It's a Bella Danger. It's going to be great. Come on. I had a, so I had a bird. Yeah, you okay. are a burper. <laughs> a lot of noises coming out of you. I don't fart though. That's in, good in public. <laughs> so, yeah. so, um, what is your creepiest fan experience that you've had? Because I know we've all. You know, when you hear what's weird, I had a dream last night that I had a stalker. Really? Yeah. I have, I have been having fucking weird dreams too, but I think it's like the eclipse or some shit. I have no idea. Mm. But uh. So my creepiest fan um, experience, it lasted for about a year. Um, I, I started getting packages sent to my agent's house and I would open them and first it started off as like, like, like clothes for me and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, sweet. And he would write me how uh, we're going to get married and that I should get divorced from my husband and that we're meant to be together and that it's what I'm doing is a sin, you know, and all mm-hmm. this stuff. And he started sending me packages like every single day and they started getting bigger and bigger. And as I would open them, it would be like a fucking toaster oven or like his clothes. Was he trying to like furnish, a blender. furnish your house he, together? He sent me a letter. He's like, I'm sending you my things because I'm moving in with you. <gasps> so he was literally sending me microwaves, like appliance, sorry, appliances, his clothes, like random fucking shit. And oh my God, and, like the letters start getting more aggressive. Like I'm coming to see you. Like I know where you live and all this stuff. Like make sure your husband's out because I'm moving in. And, and I was like, what the fuck? You know? So, and he would email me so then I marked it as spam and uh-huh. then I told my agent I'm not picking up any more packages from him like yeah. the other girls at the mall house they could keep whatever fucking yeah. appliances he sends you know so um, but then he got another email and then he started sending me like death threats you know like like fuck you bitch you know like you're you know a cunt you know you're going to hell and all this stuff you know you're supposed to be with me and I uh, I, I, you know, I marked that as spam too. And I was just like, I might have to get a restraining order against this guy. Mm -hmm. But from his letters, it kind of sounded like he he had like, it wasn't all right in the head. Oh, you think? Yeah. (laughs) I could have told you that. (laughs) I think he was like living in like, like a mental institution or something. Cause I tried to like, find out where he was writing the letters from and mm-hmm. it was just all fucking weird but thank god he has stopped harassing me since but wow. that was it was really creepy getting all of that stuff from like going to admiring you to 
moving in and wanting to kill you. It's really creepy. Yeah. You know? it's, it's crazy how obsessed guys get. Yeah. It's like, you don't know me, you know? Yeah. And if you think what I'm doing is a sin, why are you watching my porn? Exactly. You know? It's always the ones who are like watching you the most who are like the angriest yeah. about it. Yeah. Because it all has something to, so much to do with their own like sexual yeah. inadequacies and their own sexual hangups uh-huh. and they project it onto you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is nuts. It, it was fucking crazy. There have been like other ones, but yeah. So there have been people who they they look at who I'm following on my Instagram, and then they see my friends, and then they'll offer my friends money, like five hundred dollars, to give them my like address or my phone number. Wow. And my friends will like message me, and they're like, "Hey, like watch out for this person. They just mm-hmm. try to bribe me to get your personal information." Yeah. And well, thank God that they tell know. them to call me. I, I, I need, to, I need to pay for this podcast, man. Just, like, I will totally sell you out 100%. Yeah, right. But now I'm surprised they haven't sold me out, but I'm happy that they haven't, you know. It's, it's good friends, so. Yeah, that, that's nice of them. Yeah. That would be, because you had to change your number. I actually did had it. I had changed my number a few months ago because I started getting, like, 50 random calls a day um, from fucking weird places. And I answered one, and I just said, like, Hello. Like I try to, I try to do like a like a man voice. Hello. <laughs> and, and, and it was just like a long pause, and they were like, "Is this August?" And I just hung up, and then I blocked all the numbers that were calling me, and I was like, "I need to fucking change my number and only give it out to fucking ten people." So I don't understand like guys that are calling you because do you think do they think you're gonna be like yeah it is August yeah. hey, what's up baby how yeah. are you being random Let, stranger yeah. that I don't know <laughs> calling me from Minneapolis got or my something? fucking number like you fucking creep like no I'm not gonna want to talk to you like Jesus I think <sighs> a lot of guys think that just because you do porn like you will fuck everybody and everything exactly it's like I'm I'm a fucking like I'm fucking normal as shit dude I have two cats I live. I'm not. Wait, I'm not gonna say where I live. <laughs> you live at your apartment number. <laughs> but yeah, so I, you know, I'm I'm not in the city. Like I, you know, I just um, I go to I shop at Target. You know, like I, who doesn't I shop at Target? Target's the best. Target. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm like I'm normal. You know, with just like a, a little crazy job. I mean, I think a lot of guys also too don't understand that like all those sex scenes that you're shooting. You're working with the same dudes. Yeah. It's all the same guys. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a small group of guys, and we all know each other, uh-huh. and they've all been tested, mm-hmm. and they're not going to stalk you yeah. or be creepy, and it really is just a job. Yeah. At first, some of my friends were like, so wait, are you like fucking like a bunch of random dudes like every day? And I'm like, it's honestly not like that. Like, I have yeah. sex with like the same people, yeah. you know? And, yeah. And it, it's... It's just normal, you know. If if I worked at Subway, I worked with the same people there. So yeah. I'm working with the same people in porn. So, <laughs> <laughs> who are some of your favorite male performers? Okay, so I love working with Charles Dara because Ugh, who doesn't love Charles Dara. He is he's just so fucking funny. Yeah, he ca- he carries the scene. He gets into the scene mm-hmm. really well. Um, and he pumps you up. He always yeah. gives you like these motivational, spe- you know. <laughs> <laughs> he's just, he's just- 
Ashley's like a Tony Robbins of porn. Right, He's really? like, August, you're going to do great today. We, we, you're going to give it your all. You're going to win an AVN award. We, we had to do this one scene where I had to keep jumping into the pool because I was his landscaper and his wife was sleeping outside and uh, we were fucking and then his wife would peek up and he would toss me into the pool. And so I'd be freezing in the pool and, and he'd be like, you could do it, August. You know, it's cold therapy or some shit like that. Ch- it's, chirogenics? It's, yeah. Chir- chirogenics? Yeah, he's yeah. like, just breathe and it's good. I'm like, okay, okay. So Charles Dara, uh, ooh, I like working with J-Mac. He's in Miami. I don't know him, yeah. Yeah, he, so he's based out of Miami. Uh, I was out there for like a week and I shot like six scenes with him. Um, he's really professional mm-hmm. and he's like a good time Sally, you know? <laughs> he's just, I love, I love it when the guys are professional, mm-hmm. um, and respectful, yes. but also like funny and you're attracted to them. So you yeah. actually want to do the scene with them. They make you feel like comfortable. Exactly. Yeah. And they don't ask for your number afterwards and it's fucking great (laughs) so yeah charles dara j mac um i like working with johnny sins he's great i haven't shot him in such a long time yeah uh who else oh i like logan pierce a lot he's nice yeah and i also like bill bailey a lot too yeah 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 Yeah, i like him a lot uh oh and xander corvus i like him a lot too i also have not worked with that guy since he first got into the business it is Funny, when we first started shooting together, I couldn't look him directly in the eyes because he would, he would always make me laugh. <laughs> and so we would try to have like a serious, sexy, you know, thing. And mm-hmm. then he would, I would look at him and I'd have to turn away like, no, I can't like stop. But no, he, he's sexy. So, you know, yeah. like, yeah. So yeah. I, I like working with like a bunch of different guys. So yeah, though, not, not necessarily all guys. Oh, Cause no. I remember there was a guy that you worked with for a movie that I shot you for. Okay. The man blanket. Okay. <laughs> 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 at first I thought, he was going to be great because he was good looking at first. He was good looking. But then he just got weird, you know? Yeah, I think like once the dick came out, yeah. sometimes guys just lose their confidence. Yeah, it was just, it was weird. And and yeah. I remember like in order to come, he couldn't like, and, and this is what a lot of guys don't Didn't understand. Didn't he have to keep fucking me or some shit? He had to man blanket you. Or, yeah, so yeah. The, oh, so for those of you who don't know, the man blanket is when a guy, okay, so for porn, you notice how like you usually always see penetration going on. That's because you have to open up to the camera, which is not easy. So you have to like fuck sideways. It's yeah. kind of weird. So the man blanket is when a guy like basically completely covers the girl. And so you can't see her or the penetration or anything. He's just like a blanket of a man on you. And that's what he did to you to, to come. Yes. And it took him forever to get this really weird look on his face. Remember he was like dripping sweat on you. And you just like looked at me and you're like, Holly, I'm going to fucking kill you. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I was just laying there and just getting thrusted on. And yeah. and the sweat was getting into my eyes, and yeah. I was just <laughs> just like take one for the team, you know, like just get it done. Yeah, uh, it was hilarious. Yeah, it was. It was yeah, it was I mean, yeah. you know, that's why it's not the job it's, for everybody. It's not for everyone. I remember though, the one guy that surprised me was when you shot uh, the Archie parody for oh, digital. Yeah, Alex. Alex. Yes. Alex. I remember at first uh, he was really quiet, you mm-hmm. know, and. In my head, I was like, okay, he's kind of quiet, a little weird, but it's okay because I'm, I'm weird too. Yeah. But like, and he was young. And he was young, and but he was new. as soon, and it was with Natalia Starr as well. Mm-hmm. But as soon as we started doing the scene, I just got like so turned on by him. I didn't know if it was like 
the quietness plus like his nice dick. I don't know. His I was, dick was it was, fucking it was huge. really nice. And I was just like, Oh my God, I think I'm in love with this guy for today. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he was like quiet, weird, but he like totally had a bomb ass scene. Yeah. That was so, a great scene. So that I, was for digital playground. That was for digital playground. We did an That's, Archie parody. Remember yeah. I played the mom. Yeah. Oh my God. And I had to wear this orange wig. It was so embarrassing. <laughs> We're like all shucks or yeah. whatever at the end of the scene. We totally cheesed it up. And I he love was, that. yeah, so he was supposed to be my son. And yeah. so the whole time I just kept making like terrible mom jokes. Yeah. <laughs> where I was just like, my son, you're such a, you're, you're a slut just like your father. It's just like, I love that. It was, it's still one of my favorite scenes just because I grew up reading all the Archie, mm-hmm. you know, and I yeah. love Veronica. I love that I got to play Veronica. Yeah. And so, yeah. And you made a great Veronica. It was so, it was, it's my favorite scene. I saw that wig. I should have brought it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I dyed my hair darker. I was going to say your yeah. hair is. So tell us a little bit more about like August as the person. Like who are you like hmm. when you're not on camera? I know that you struggle with depression sometimes. Yes, I do. Uh it's so I mm, I grew up and my mom, she suffers with bipolar depression mm-hmm. and you know, multiple personality disorder. And she wasn't, you know, diagnosed until until I was an adult, you know, so it How was, did that manifest itself? Did she actually think she was a different person at times or did she yeah, just like, oh, it, wow. It, you, she would come home from work and I wouldn't know what mom I was going to get, you know, so wow. it was kind of like walking on eggshells and my parents divorced when I was nine. So uh-huh. I lived with her and I kind of bumped back from home to home growing uh-huh. up. Um, and I, I have, you know... <laughs> daddy issues, you know, childhood trauma. And, yeah. and uh, I thought, you know, moving to California, I'd kind of get away, you know, escape mm-hmm. all that stuff, but it, it doesn't go away. Yeah. Wherever <laughs> you go, there you are. And so some days I'll, I'll be fine. And, and if I'm not doing anything, I'll get these awful flashbacks of yeah. my childhood mm-hmm. and I get very depressed and I can't, I can't get out of bed, you know, I have to cancel my scenes for like a week or two. Um, actually, it lasts that long. It lasts a long time. And I, I started seeing a psychiatrist, but you know, they just, they just throw pills at you, you know? Um, so I was diagnosed as bipolar Mm -hmm. depressive, um, and also multiple personality too. So I take medication for that. Um, but it, it was, it was so hard when I wasn't on any medication when I, I would just flip, you know, it was, I, it was crippling. I couldn't get out of bed. Everything had to be perfect around me. If there was a crumb on the floor, I would go apeshit. I, you know, and I would just throw myself in bed and I wouldn't shower and it, it was just awful. And I have an awful relationship with my dad and I, I try to forget about it and, and, you know, talk to him about how I was feeling, you know, about like my childhood and everything. Mm-hmm. Cause there was a lot of, uh, sexual molestation, not from my father, but from his. Mm-hmm. And, um, so growing up, I had to suffer with being molested by my grandfather. That's crazy. And, 
when I finally told my dad, he didn't believe me. And I told my dad when I was around 12, you know, cause yeah. he was like, we're going to go spend the weekend at grandma and grandpa's. And I was like, no. And I broke down and I said, I can't. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then he said he was going to talk to his dad or whatever. And, and then he kind of put, he put me in this group home after I told him that, you know, it was kind of like I was fucking his life up, you know? Mm-hmm. So then I was, I was in this group home all, you know, all throughout school because I couldn't live with my dad and my mom, you know, she was going through her stuff. And then finally, when I was 16, I moved back with my mom, but it was never resolved. The issue was never resolved. My mom believed me Mm -hmm. because my grandfather, he actually cornered her, Mm -hmm. you know, and so he, you know, he tried to come on to her. So my mom absolutely believed me Mm -hmm. that I was telling the truth. Um, But all my life, I grew up being called a liar by my dad and his side of the family. And they all wrote me off and rejected me saying that I was liar piece of shit, you know? And so I really, I struggled with that because it gave me bad self-esteem yeah. and, uh, obviously, you know, daddy issues, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, it, it hurts because, uh, actually just not too long ago, a few months ago, you know, I confronted my dad again. I called him up and I was like, Hey, so this was never resolved. This is what happened. I, I want to, you know, I want an answer. And he basically said that, you know, he didn't believe me. And, you know, it's in my head, it's easier for him to just, you know, he's, he's living there with his family. He has a new wife and kids and mm-hmm. I've just felt like you know, written off by him, you know? Yeah. So, so then I, I'm just like, fuck you. Yeah. You're not my dad. Yeah. You know, you've never been there. You've always been shitty to me. You've yeah. always protected everyone besides your daughter. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was bullshit. Mm-hmm. So I, I just didn't feel like wasting my time on trying to get his love and affection anymore. Cause I, f- I feel like I love him more, you know, than he loved me. And it was so hard. It's so hard to be called a liar when you're 12 years old. Yeah. That's when you're crazy telling your dad that his and you're father- going through something like such incredible trauma yeah. like that. And it's, you know, and it was, it was just awful. So. Like now it's, you know, it's still recent where I just, I have to keep myself occupied or else I'll start thinking about mm-hmm. all of that shit. And then I fall into a depression, but, um, you know, I try to do therapy. I hate that word. I hate yeah. therapy. I go to therapy. I, uh, I have a, my therapist at six tonight. I, I need I go a, every week. I need to find one. Like I, I would, you know, get in contact with some people, but then I would feel badly because they would say, Oh, what's your profession? And I would say, Oh, I'm in the adult industry. And, mm-hmm. and then I would feel like they're like, Oh, that's the whole reason why you are the way you are. And, yeah. and then I would just get turned off, you know, but yeah. I, I know I need to find a, an actual. It's hard therapist. to find a good therapist. Yeah. I really like the therapist that I'm seeing now, but it took me a while. I went through like five yeah. different people because, you know, I struggle with alcoholism and addiction. Yeah. And so, um, and I remember the last person that I saw before this woman, you know, um, was kind of almost trying to, tell me like, you know, maybe I wasn't an alcoholic. Maybe I was just going through some shit. And I was like, like, 
girl, come like yeah. what out of everything I've told you, all the shit that I did, like it is so clear yeah. that I'm an alcoholic. And for you to tell me that yeah. is so dangerous so, because yeah, my so addiction will hold on to that and be like, oh, maybe she's right. Mm-hmm. And then it'll fucking twist my brain into thinking that I can start drinking yeah. again, which is just like a disaster. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so I was like, okay, this woman like doesn't know what yeah. she's, and she's like, I don't think she understands. I know she doesn't understand because if you're not an alcoholic or an addict, like you don't get what it's like to be one because literally it's like having like this, like they call it like a dark passenger, which sounds super cheesy and dexterous, but it's true. (laughs) It's like when you, when I, when I take like alcohol or drugs or anything, um, it really, it changes me completely. And I have absolutely no control or no knowledge of what I'm going to do next. And I beca- I'm not myself anymore. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, and this other entity takes over my body. It's the fucking weirdest thing. I and it's like, that. I try so much, I've tried so hard over the years to try to explain it to like mm-hmm. people who aren't addicts or alcoholics. Yeah. And like, they just, you, yeah. how can you comprehend that? Because yeah. on paper, it makes no sense. Like, yeah. if you want to stop something, why don't you just stop it? Yeah, it's, like, you can't, you know? You, it's, but you can't. It's, it's like this It's weird, like a chemical imbalance. Yes. It's actual fucking science, yes. you know? And you, you, yeah. It's not, yeah. It's, and I thought I was crazy like so before I got sober like I was just going nuts because I honestly thought that I was maybe like schizophrenic because I literally would have these arguments in my head you know the alcoholic voice and then like me being like don't pick up that drink don't pick up that drink and then I'm like picking up the drink and I'm like why can't I fucking stop myself I don't want to do this and so finally um so I thought I'm like I'm going nuts I'm fucking schizophrenic like there's something and so finally I went to rehab and then when I learned about like alcoholism and the science behind it, it was like this huge relief. I was like, oh my God, I'm just an alcoholic. That's it. <laughs> like, and if I don't partake in that, then like, I'm actually pretty fucking normal. Yeah. But it's still like, it's a daily it's always, reprieve. It, it is. It's a daily thing that yeah. you have to, you know, uh, resist because yeah. I, I don't drink alcohol anymore. Um, I, you know, I'm not an alcoholic, but when I would, it's a depressant, so it yeah, can't be helping your situation. Yeah. So when I would drink, it, it was just I would black out every single time. Yeah. So I just wipe my hands a bit. I used to smoke a lot of weed too. Mm-hmm. I, I used to be a big stoner, but I just I cut that out too. So I'm just I, I just drink water. You know, I don't do it. But <laughs> 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 <My> water. <laughs> but I totally, you know, it is an addiction. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Well, and also too, I think like for you, you're using that to escape your issues. Yes. And the thing is, is that, that it's not, they're still there when you sober yeah. up and, and, and by not confronting them and, and going through it, it's not helping and you're just going to keep falling yeah. back into that depression cycle. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, you just need to find a good therapist. It's so I hard. need to find a good fucking therapist. <laughs> and you know, I, what I did with mine, um, she actually started this therapy with me, um, and they use it for people with PTSD, but it also works really well with um, alcoholics and um, other issues as well. And um, I'm totally fucking spacing on the name of it right now. It's called, oh, fuck, what's it called? How do I not know this? Solar eclipse, eclipse right? That has been me all month, this fucking solar eclipse. It's like ETMD or something like that. I feel like I'm totally saying it wrong. <laughs> what the fuck is it? EMDR. 
Oh, Jesus. <laughs> EMDR. So basically what it is is um, you put these headphones on mm-hmm. and then you hold these um, kind of sensor things in your hands and it sends these beeps and vibrations to like different sides, like one in your right ear, left ear, right hand, left uh-huh. hand. And it's supposed to like stimulate the different hemispheres of your brain oh. to help you disconnect from like certain bad memories and re- it, like it's supposed to help change the like pathways in your brain. Okay. So so like I would think so like instead okay so when something stressful happened to me so instead of me immediately like thinking that I had to go have a drink mm-hmm. um, I would reassociate it with something else with like a like a good positive yeah. activity like doing yoga or yeah. going for a walk or calling somebody or something like yeah. that and um, it I mean when she explained it to me I was like oh, that sounds like pseudoscience <laughs> but I was like so desperate I'm like fuck it I'll try anything you know right? what I mean. Because yeah. I didn't want to go on medication. Yeah. Because she su- suggested that to me too. Maybe try like try some antidepressants, and I've done that before. I took Zoloft, and then I drank on Zoloft, and I was so weird. Oh my And I was goodness. super creepy, and it was just like it was bad. It was really really bad. I, so I was like, I don't want to do that. You when know, it's hard getting like the cocktail right. But yeah. I I like I have you know, I have Xanax for when I'm having like a panic attack or mm-hmm. something. But even then, I don't even I I don't want to have to take medication. Yeah. Because I just don't, you yeah. know, I'd rather just solve my problems like organically, you know, yeah. through fucking. But I mean, for shit. you, it's, I, th- I feel like it's, and, you know, I am yeah. not a psychiatrist. <laughs> so, like, uh, you know, yeah. I'm probably going to have a lot of people, but I'm like, you know, you don't know anything about <laughs> mental health. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, <laughs> which is true, but, um, so it seems to me that your issue is more of a chemical imbalance that yes. occurs naturally in your brain, yes. whereas mine occurs like when I ingest something. Yes. So yes. it's almost yes. like the opposite. As long yeah. as I don't take that stuff, then I'm I'm usually okay. But the obsession will creep back <laughs> yeah. into my brain. Yeah. Um. And you know, because it, it's always like that. It's that always, way that I use to deal with yeah. to, with stress and you know with everyday issues that come up for all of us. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like on the opposite spectrum of what you have. But I totally understand. Like, yeah. You know, the issue of having to deal with like mental health issues, and yeah. it's something that we don't talk about a lot as a society because we're we there's so much shame around yeah. it. Yeah. You know? Like and we're all supposed to be like perfectly happy I know, but mentally healthy people not the fucking case you no, know like it's not and when i'm depressed i try looking for like a happy selfie i took like a month earlier so mm-hmm. i could post it on my instagram but then even then i'm like fuck i don't even want to fucking post that you know yeah. like it's just shitty you know so I'll like call my mom or something and yeah. like we are the exact same so she person. understands she understands and now i understand about you know the, the struggles that she was dealing with when mm-hmm. I was growing up. Now I completely, you know, I am emphasize with her. You yeah. Know, I, yeah so. Well, you probably felt like really like isolated and, and lonely and probably angry with her when you were younger because you didn't get it. Yeah. I was, you know, and you're just like, she must not like love me. I, I thought she would, she would always come home angry. You know, yeah. something was always wrong. I always try to and like, as a child, you internalize it. You think it's your fault. Yeah. So I would like, I clean the house, you know, to make sure it'd be like clean and nice for her, mm-hmm. you know, like not make a mess and everything. But it was, you know, it was, it was just something that she hadn't, dealt with that she didn't know about, you know. And this is the thing too, you know, I mean, parents are human beings just like Mm -hmm. the rest of us, right? And these imperfect beings. And we always, you know, especially when we're kids, we think we kind of see our parents as like these gods. Yeah. You know, they know everything. I remember like distinctly 
you know, when I was growing up, finally coming to this realization that my parents might not always be right, which was a shock to me because I always took their word as, um, right. you know, abs- the absolute. Uh-huh. Um, I can't think of the word that I'm looking for, but um, yeah. And I remember once when I kind of disagreed with them and I thought that they were wrong, I was like, this is crazy. Oh my God. I'm like thinking for myself and I'm not just, you know, doing what my parents yeah. say. And that was like, so crazy for me. It was funny. I was like 15 and I would get into shit, you know, by getting caught smoking pot. And then I actually caught my mom smoking pot in the mm-hmm. garage. Yeah. <laughs> and she tries saying that it was like a skunk, you know, mm-hmm. that sprayed. And I'm, you know, because she like, would, I was like, mom, I know the fucking smell of weed, you know. Yeah. And so I caught her and then it was kind of like a funny, like, oh, yeah, I mean, we all smoke weed now. <laughs> yeah. But of course, like you can't like tell your child that it's, it was, no, my parents totally did. Yeah. <laughs> they were like from a young age, they're like, you can smoke pot, just don't smoke cigarettes. Like, okay. That's funny. <laughs> so then I went and did acid every Day. <laughs> it was in the summer when I was 15. I did it every weekend. Oh my, I, I, what did I do? I was, <laughs> there was one summer where I was just like really bad partying. I was like 16 with my girlfriend and we did like speed. <laughs> it was so bad. Oh, I've done that. <laughs> right? I've done and, everything. And oh God, I, I was so fucked up that one summer. And then uh, we had to go visit my grandma back in Nova Scotia and uh, my, my friend Tyler, she came with me and we were still fucked up from the drugs that we took that mm-hmm. weekend. And we we're just like sitting around the table. My grandma made this amazing meal for us. And my friend and I are like staring at each other from across the table, like high as shit. Yeah. You know, we're like trying to eat this yeah. food, but we're like, fuck, we're so fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember once um, in college, I went uh, to a friend's house for the weekend and we had like basically this like three day speed party. <laughs> and I actually didn't do that much speed. I did it like a few times in college, but thank God that was not something I was that into. Right? And I never got hooked on it. Exactly. It was always like pot and alcohol yeah. was my thing. Yeah. Like I tried everything else, but I never really liked any of it. I never really got into it. Yeah. But I remember it was really funny because his parents were going out of town and they were like, okay, no like parties while we're gone. Yeah. And, you know, like no friends over. So he invites all these people over. We all do all this speed and then we clean the house for like three <laughs> days. Like out of fucking control. Just super high. We like trim the trees in the backyard. I remember taking like a toothbrush to the fucking like kitchen tile. Oh my so God. like vacuuming the couch. Let's just like it's like speeded, so prohibition. So speeded out of our heads and so like when they came back after the three days they were like wow the house is so clean we should go out of town more often. And you're like crashing on the couch afterwards like fucking sweating bullets. Yeah. Oh my God that's hilarious. I remember like trying to come down from that after not sleeping for like two days yeah. and I remember sitting in front of the fire they had a fireplace and just looking into the flames yeah. and thinking to myself this is the worst feeling I've ever had in my entire uh-huh. life I don't ever want to do this ever again the last time I did coke it was, it, it was <laughs> coke it was, just makes <laughs> me poop and then go to bed like me 30 minutes too. later okay so the last time I did it was two years ago I went home I went to Alberta to visit my brothers I have three older brothers but one I'm really close with he had he has a big 
well, he had a big problem with it. And so we kind of had like a five day binger. Mm-hmm. And on the third day, I was like, James, no, you know, like I'm, I'm done. And he's like, no, come on, you know, you're a, and he said our last name. He's mm-hmm. like, you can't quit on those now, you know? And mm-hmm. so I was like, shit. Okay. So then when I finally got back home, I was like, fuck me. Like this is the worst feeling of my life. Like mm-hmm. I do not want it. And it was the cold sweats and everything. That's awful. And I was like, what? you know, it was fun. Like the first couple of days, cause I'm with my brother. We're partying and all mm-hmm. that stuff, seeing all my old friends. But then when I came back to California, I was like, shit. I'm so happy I don't live back there with like yeah. a bunch of druggies. Yeah. <laughs> and like my life would be total shit, you yeah. know? And, but yeah, that was mm, good memories, I guess. <laughs> oh my God. I remember the first time I did Coke. I was 17 years old and I was hanging out with like one of my best friends from high school. It was, this is the most obnoxious story. And we, we did all this blow and then we were at like someone's party and we sat around. I'm embarrassed to say this actually. No, I don't know why I'm telling this story. And we sat around and talked about how pretty we were and how we were like so lucky to be so pretty. And oh my God, can you imagine it would be like to be ugly? It'd be like the worst thing ever. Oh my God, we're so lucky. We're so pretty. And I just like, now I look back at that. And even right afterwards, I was like, that is just vile. Just disgusting behavior. My very, since you said that, my very first Coke experience, I think I was like 15 or 14 or 15. And I was babysitting for this like rich couple or whatever. Like all these parents got together and I babysat all their kids. Mm -hmm. And it was like midnight, you know, all the wives and whoever, they're all like in the backyard still drinking. And this dad, he like, he was like, Oh, meet me in the garage and I'll drive you home. I was like, okay. So we're in the garage. I was like 15 and he's like, Hey, if you get naked, I'll give you a line of And, was, and he was like slightly good looking, you know, and I was like, shit. So, so then I got naked and he gave me a line of coke and then I, like I got dressed and then he dropped me back off at home. And it was funny cause they were my uncle's friends. I was living with my uncle at the time mm-hmm. and I, you know, I'm, I'm back at home. I'm sitting, you know, and fucking coked out of my 15 year old brain. And mm-hmm. my uncle was like, I was babysitting. And I was like, like, it was good, you know? And, and, uh, and then they asked me the next weekend and I, I kind of got like chicken shit. I was like, no, you know, I'm good. I'm babysitting for someone else, you know? Yeah. But I was like, I thought like that was like super illegal having, having this like 35 year old man offer, you know, a 15 year old Coke to see her naked. But I I did it and it was, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Dude, some guys, some yeah. guys, some guys are just really yeah, weird situation. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, grown up. <laughs> yeah. So, what do you like to do um, when when you're not doing coke? Or, um... <laughs> I don't do coke now. I don't drink. I don't smoke weed. I don't do coke now. I don't even smoke cigarettes now. So I'm these good. are all past experiences, people, yes, and this yes. is what made August into the incredibly mature, developed yes. woman that she is today. Yes, everybody's got to have their life experiences mm-hmm. to make us who we are. Yeah. So, what does the newly sober August Ames <laughs> like to do in her free time? In my free time, I'm a big movie buff. I love watching movies. Um, I love going to the movie theater by myself, like during the matinee, you mm-hmm. know. And it's gone to the point where they feel bad; they think I don't have any friends, so they give me free popcorn. When I go, they're like, "Oh, here's that loser yeah, August with her amazing tits and no friends." <laughs> so yeah, I go to the movies a lot by myself. Um, 
I have I have my two cats, Kush and Ninja. Um, I just hang out with them. I I like to go on walks. You know, I I work a lot, so in my free time, I really just I chill out. Yeah, I like to go to the beach. You know, watch my movies. Um, I call my mom and I talk to my old friends from you know Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm fucking on my Twitter and Instagram all the fucking time. You know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just I I want to do like you know, more activity and like mm-hmm. more stuff. Uh, Cause back home there's this place called Trigo and it's like an obstacle course in the woods and mm-hmm. you get like a harness on and it's like a two hour like workout thing in the trees. And I wish we had that here cause it, it was always like my favorite thing to do. We would go do that. And then we like go to the beach and like then Maybe go camp afterwards. So yeah. So I'm, um, you know, Canadian, I love camping and like fishing and all that stuff, mm-hmm. but I haven't found anyone out here Who's really into that? That's so, so fu- my boyfriend is. Really? <laughs> He's always trying to drag me to go camping and fucking I fishing. I fucking and love I'm camping like, and fishing. Okay, you guys can go because he. I'm just like I'm not into that. My my husband, he he, you know, like the last thing he would want to do is fucking go camping and fishing. Okay, so you know, you, me, and your husband <laughs> yeah. will like yeah. go to some fancy hotel, hotel exactly, yes. and then you'll like, eat like going, fancy food yes, and all this shit, yes. and then yeah, me and, and your, you and yeah, we'll just trade places. It'll be perfect. Oh my, that's so funny. <laughs> Because <laughs> I talked to Kevin about like our cottages back home and uh-huh. and how like we get clean in the lake because it's fresh water and Kevin's like oh fuck that you yeah know? that's and, exactly what yeah, my thought was no, fuck that I want me, a hot shower no, to me I'm like I love going in the lake I feel so clean but I'm also scared as fuck at, at the lake because I'm always you know I always think of like dead girls in the water or some shit like that <laughs> I I think of really fucked up shit I like I'm really scared. you watch too many movies I'm yeah I'm really scared of you know open waters but i love them at the same time yeah so so yeah well that's just like conquering your fears yeah yeah wading into the water of your fears i wear like water water shoes so i don't touch anything directly on my feet you know (laughs) and i like scream as i'm washing my hair well the river yeah and lakes they can there can be a lot of sliminess yeah 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 yeah. yeah, i love it i love skinny dipping back at home it's it was my favorite pastime, I guess. <laughs> well, um, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, yes, thanks I for having me. And then, um, and thank you for being so open and honest and candid with us. I know we yeah. talked about some difficult subjects for you, but I think it's really great that you can, cause you know, everybody's got something. Yeah. And you know, so many people deal with what you deal with, yeah. but they don't, no one, we never talk about I it. I know. And know? I didn't want it to have like another, like, oh, everything's, you know, fucking peachy keen. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's what your Instagram's for. I know, right? <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I just love being open and honest, and yeah. That's what makes That's yeah. why we love you so much. Thanks. Thanks for having me on here. Of course. Uh, yeah, can yeah. you tell us where we can find you on social media so everybody yeah. can go see you pretend to be happy online? Of course. Okay. <laughs> so my Instagram is at Miss Maple Fever, and so it's MS Maple Fever. And on my Twitter, it's at August Ames XXX. So, yeah, I only have those two. I don't have a Snapchat, you know, I don't, yeah, so. Just, don't have Facebook. I, I have Facebook, I guess, yeah, August Ames, XXX, but. You sound really excited about it. <laughs> You're like me, like, I do not keep up like, my Facebook. Fa- like, Facebook is for, like, my personal life. Like, yeah. I have my real personal, like, yeah. for my friends and all that shit. But for for my business and stuff, it's just Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. So, yeah, I keep it cash. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Oh, and my OnlyFans, too. But that's, like, that's a pin to my 
Twitter, so they could just find that there. So go so. to her Twitter and then join her OnlyFans, yeah, and, and then, you can see all her and her naked, uh-huh. wonderful, natural <laughs> glory. Yeah, I'll put some pretty funny stuff there, too. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you again for coming on, August. Thanks for having me. 